Mob rule at the Capitol and a post-mortem on voters' frustration. This is the Fedora Chronicles radio show recorded on January 7th, 2021. Jason Cousineau and I, Eric Fisk, discuss the frustrations behind the protests during the past year, leading to the riots at the nation's capital where the Electoral College results were being certified. Why are there so many people on all aspects of the political spectrum feel disenfranchised and underrepresented? With all the money the federal government spent on security since September 11th, 2001, the United States Capitol building was so quickly taken by these protesters? Why were U.S. Capitol Police unprepared for this, and some officers were taking selfies with protesters after they broke in? But first, a conversation about making a podcast better. Spoiler alert, the key to making a better podcast is to make better episodes. Thanks for listening and stay tuned. The Fedora Chronicles radio show is brought to you by our patrons. Patreon.com slash Fedora Chronicles. For a mere dollar a month, you get early access to the show, show notes, behind-the-scenes action, and more. Coming soon, patrons will also be eligible for exclusive products and promotional materials. You can also support the Fedora Chronicles radio show and show off your amazing taste and style with new products from Zazzle. Zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. 12.5% of each purchase goes directly into keeping this podcast on the air. The Fedora Chronicles radio show can be heard on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including iTunes, Google Podcast, Stitcher, Overcast, Spotify, Player FM, Castro, and Breaker. If our podcast isn't on your favorite platform, let us know right away and we will pass along a special gift to you as a thank you. Our email address is fedorachronicle at gmail.com or you can reach us on Twitter at Fedora Chronicle. Once again, here's Jason Cousineau and me, Eric Fisk from the Fedora Chronicles. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Has there been anything interesting in the news lately, Jay, that you want to talk about? I don't know. I mean, there was, I think I saw something yesterday happen. I'm trying to remember what it was, though. I think yesterday was a really slow news day. By the way, we're recording on uh, January 7th, 2021. Uh, yeah, no, I, did, it yeah. Did, I, I didn't see anything interesting in the news yesterday. I was kind of right. like... I mean, it's going to be a boring show if we don't have anything to talk about. Yeah, exactly. Boy, I feel bad for our <laughs> listeners. Speaking of feeling bad for our listeners, um, there's another aspect of podcasting that I wanted to talk to you about before we got on the, the topic du jour this week. The The title of this episode is Mob Rule at the Capitol. And if right. you go to the Fedora Chronicles homepage, thefedorachronicles.com, and you could... If you're listening to this right after we recorded this, the link is going to be on the top of the main page. If not, click the link to um, radio show or just radio, and you will find this uh, episode show page um, under today's date. So 
don't know really where to begin with all of this. Um, yeah. But, I mean, yes, go ahead. No, no, no. Go um, ahead. I belong to a couple of groups where I talk with other podcasters about what goes on in making a podcast and how to make your podcast better. And it seems like every single day there is a newbie who asks, how can you get more listeners to your podcast? And I always have two answers to this question, and I should just copy and paste, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm foolish. I kind of like to rewrite this so I can hone my thought process down and see if I can refine it. And the two things that always come out in my posts is A, you have to love and respect the listeners you already have. You're not doing the podcast for the listeners you don't have yet. You're doing your podcast for the listeners that you already have. Because if you do not give them a good, decent show that they enjoy, they're not going to pass along to their friends the link to your podcast. And you have to do the podcast for yourself. That's first and foremost. Mm -hmm. We love and respect our listeners. Our listeners are the reasons why we do this. The people who love the show and look forward to the show and then the other people who just listen to it because they want to know what kind of audible train wreck we're going to be providing this week. Okay? <laughs> yeah. The other thing that I like to um, tell people, newbies, is, or ask them, have you have you tried making better shows? Because <laughs> it seems like newbies are looking for a gimmick. Like somehow there's this this magic trick that you could perform or this weird magical incantation you can say or you, you can um, buy listeners by getting onto this referral program or something. Like as if somehow getting more listeners is like part of a scheme. And right. I, I've listened to some of their shows and a lot of these people who keep asking, how do I get more listeners? Always have the same problem. Their show sucks. And they know it. Their show sucks. Their audio quality sucks. Their content sucks. And they will not invest in just like, like the basics, like a decent microphone and an inexpensive audio board to power the microphone. They don't bother to check where is that background hum and buzz coming from? Where, where's all that crappy background noise? Why is it that, that they will stop doing their podcast, yell at their kids to keep quiet, and then keep recording and not go back and edit that out? Right. And that has, that, by the way, all of those things you pointed out have nothing to do with what they're talking about with the, uh, the topics that they're covering, you know, whether it's, you know, the latest book review or what, what have you. That's all simple, honestly, fairly simple basics of putting together some sort of quality recording that people want to listen to. No one wants to listen to two people talking or one person talking while in the background you're hearing dogs barking and kids arguing back and forth or, you know, no one wants to listen to any of that. 
and I'm a huge hypocrite because I um I have a, a a rabbit toffee in the background running around in circles in her cage, but at least I have the decency <laughs> to turn my microphone away from toffee so nobody is listening to her. But there, yeah. I mean, as if they're like there's some trick. There's a, a there's a trick that you have to fool people into listening to your podcast and send you money. The but the real trick, the real gimmick, and the real magic is just doing better episodes of your podcast. If you're not obsessed with audio quality, and if you're not obsessed about the content of your podcast, and if you if you're not thinking about how to make your podcast better and what you're going to do in the next podcast to step up your game, you're going to have a bad podcast that nobody wants to listen to. And to get on these forums and say I want to do a podcast but I don't know I don't know what I want a podcast about or can can people help me pick the name of my podcast if it doesn't come naturally and if you want to do a podcast just because it's something to do and you don't have the passion for storytelling and again, and and I can I can say this a hundred times and it still won't get through to people if you're not obsessed about your audio quality and your content you're going to have a shitty podcast and you're going to quit before your 15th episode yeah well if you're also the other thing is if you're not passionate about what it is you're doing how can you expect other people to be right if you lose your enthusiasm because you only get like a couple of hundred listeners, you have a like a couple hundred devoted listeners. If you have 10 or 20 devoted listeners, that's a that's a great start. You're not going to yeah. become a multimillionaire after doing your 50th episode. It's just not going to happen. You may not make any money doing your podcast. You will actually lose money make doing your podcast. If it's not a, it's if it's not your driving passion in life, you're not going to go anywhere and you shouldn't just because you have a podcast doesn't make you magical, doesn't make you um, it doesn't make other people open up the gates to paradise and oh, you have a podcast. Well, here's your mansion and here's your multimillion dollar studio and here, here's here's your multimillion dollar contract from Spotify Good luck on uh, episode number six of your podcast. It doesn't work like that. You have to focus on the listeners that you already have and give them something to listen to. So. Well, the other thing I think that, that bleeds into this is the erroneous belief that you can do anything you want and you'll get a, you get a million listeners out there. Just because you have something to say doesn't mean other people are interested in right. it. You know, I mean, we, you and I have been doing this for several years and we do, we've got some very good, repeatable, loyal listeners for which we're very grateful, but not everyone listens to us. You know, I don't, when I go and order my pizza, they don't say, oh, I listened to your podcast the other night. I loved it. You know, I don't hear that. What I do. Do you? <laughs> my pizza place is slacking. What the hell? So, <laughs> but you know, it's just, it, it, just because you have something to say doesn't mean anyone is obligated to listen to it. Right. You know, regardless of what you're talking about, if you want to have a podcast about whatever comes into your mind. Yeah. You might get some people listening on occasion. 
if you have, you know, if you're talking about, you know, books or music or movies or whatever it is that interests you, doesn't mean that people want to listen. So sure. as you said in the beginning, you have to do the podcast for yourself first. You know, if you're doing, if you're in it just for the money, give up now because right. there ain't a lot of money in it, if any. Right. So. And I also get annoyed with these celebrities who think that because they are really good um, making movies or acting in a movie, everybody wants to listen to what they have to say about whatever. A perfect example is Brie Larson. I mean, Brie, Brie Larson's first episode of her um, YouTube, quote, podcast, unquote, yeah. was, I want to have a podcast, but I don't know what I want a podcast about. And maybe you can help me figure out what I want to do for my podcast. Yeah. Just because you're a celebrity doesn't mean people want to listen to you. Right. Like, do I really want to do I really want to tune into you once or twice a month to watch your podcast of you doing yoga? Do what I mean, I, I would if it was my wife, Carol, doing yoga, I would definitely tune into that because she's my wife. But, you know, anyway, we're we are so far off the topic. But, yeah, you know, um, the so the real gimmick in doing a better podcast is doing a better podcast. The gimmick yeah. to get more people to listen to your podcast is make a podcast that's worth listening to. Um, and you know that I'm going to take heat for this. Oh, of course. So, and that's the other reason why I do this, because I, I like to poke the bear and make people angry and talk about <laughs> me because I'm a narcissist, apparently. Yeah, well, you know, speaking of poking the bear... Um, why are people in this country so angry, Jay? Well, let's start with that first and foremost. Why, why are there so many violent protesters here in the United States on both sides of the political aisle now? That's kind of a hard question to answer because like the, the people on the people that were the Occupy movement, which was several years ago, but why did they do that? They were just fed up, pissed off that what rich people didn't give away their money. I mean, that didn't make any sense to me. That's nothing to be pissed off about. Would you give away your money? No. Right? Exactly. So that I don't get. Some of these violent protests I don't get, like the protests in Portland. Protests in Portland got violent and became, well, Portland and Chicago and to some extent, Seattle, although Seattle didn't have the legs that Portland did. At some point, it became mob violence for the sake of mob violence. And whatever they were, quote unquote, protesting became irrelevant because they were so enamored with their ability to go out and just spray graffiti, topple statues, try and break into buildings. They got so enamored with their ability to do that virtually un unhindered at all, unhindered at all, just go in and do whatever the freak they wanted, that I think that became a movement unto itself. And it had really no intellectual or higher thinking behind it beyond that. I think it kind of became its own thing, like a, like riots do, you know? Um, some other, some other violent protests, like the one that happened in Washington, DC yesterday, as we're recording this, you know, that's not the way I was, I was pissed off. This is not how the people who have been defending the police 
the people who have been, you know, um, arguing for gun rights. This is not how you behave. This is not how you conduct yourself. You don't storm the Capitol building and forcibly take over the con congressional chamber or try to anyway. To what end would that serve? And the people who do that sort of thing, who have those beliefs, tend to not be the people who are disruptive like that. Because engaging in such an act, if it can be proven that you participated, means that they can come and arrest you. And you can lose your rights to, to owning a firearm. So why would you do that as to me? As to what was their motivation for doing it? What? So they could, because they were saying that Trump should have been president, it never made sense to me. No. And still doesn't. Now, it's still being reported in the press that they were all Trump supporters. And I saw a couple of news articles saying that facial recognition had had shown that some of the, the people who stormed the Capitol, at least some of them, were known members of Antifa. Allegedly, according to the Allegedly. Washington Times article that we have on the show page. We just we want right. to get that out there. Right. Now, this is that would make more sense to me, because, like I said, if you are if you're a pro gun person. You know what they they meaning the government can and cannot do in regards to your right to own firearms. People who own firearms tend to be a lot more educated about the firearm laws than the people who want to control the firearms people because it's all about controlling the people, not the guns. Right. The pro-control people tend to not know what's out there because it doesn't affect them directly. They, they're bitching about something that they think is a solution. The people who own the firearms, such as myself, tend to be more educated on the laws because we are now subject to them. If they change, we are going to know about it we're, because we're looking into it. I need to know if I can cross the state border between where I live and the state I want to go to and legally carry a concealed weapon. So I know about the reciprocity. People who don't own guns have no interest in owning guns and are all about gun control don't know what those laws are because it doesn't affect them in any way. They don't bother keeping track of them. It's nature of the beast. Like, for example, an amateur podcaster is not going to have any idea about how to keep their audio signals clean because they don't have an interest in that. They just want to basically do a glorified TikTok or whatever. Exactly. You know, so they're not going to pay attention to any of that quality. This isn't a dig on gun control people. It's just human nature. Chances are someone who is more subject to those laws, like the average driver has no idea what the laws of the road are in regards to an 18-wheeler. They just don't. They have no idea because it doesn't affect them. It doesn't mean that they're stupid. It means they don't look into it. Why would you look into something and waste your time doing that when it doesn't affect you personally in any way? It's just how it is. So I do understand, though, if they if there were Trump protesters storming the Capitol, I could understand why they would do it. Right. Yes. These are people who since the Obama since Obama took office, since the Obama administration, they've been called racists. 
even though they weren't necessarily racist. I didn't vote for Obama because I didn't like his policies. And I was told, no, you just you just don't want a black man in office. Oh, really? I'm a racist because I don't I don't think that the government should be expanded any further. I don't think that we should expand our, our national spending. And I'm a racist. Why did you vote for him? Oh, you voted for him because he's black. But I'm the racist, you know, so I can understand them feeling denigrated, continually marginalized by most of the press. Um, and let's be honest, there's a lot of people out there who feel this election was stolen. There is a lot to be investigated in this election. If anyone <clears throat> doesn't believe that, in my opinion, they're really not paying attention. You could look at our elections being continually worse and worse in terms of integrity going back to 1992 or even probably before that. But I was a little young before that. So you could say that the seeds of what we're experiencing now were sown way back then. And now Joe fucking Biden got more right. votes than any other president, including Obama. And the interesting thing is the supporting data for that. <clears throat> is that Barack Obama, they said there was such a high turnout and they were able to interview and say, oh, I'm a first time voter, but I'm so excited because there's a black man running for president. They were able to get that supporting data. Where were all the, the interviews with the first time voters talking about how excited they were to vote for Biden and Harris? There's none of that. Yeah, still, right? yeah, still waiting. Still waiting to hear people share with us their enthusiasm for voting for Joe Biden. Everything that right. I've heard so far is that they were excited to vote for anybody to get Donald Trump out of office. And I understand that. And I empathize right. and I sympathize with that. It's the right. it's the lack of I don't know if, if, if it's the lack of honesty that I don't appreciate or I don't think is is accurate or true. Um, well, I'm just I'm just not that, seeing it. Right. And, and beyond that, there have been presidents that have been hated just as much as Donald Trump. Remember when George Bush was in office? The second one, not the first one. Right. People despised him. Despised him when the re-election came around. But there weren't these droves of numbers. There wasn't drive. So you could argue that Trump was hated more than other people. And I guess there may be some accuracy to that. There pro it probably is. But in regards to the topic in question at hand, you've been marginalized. You feel your voice isn't being heard. And now those motherfuckers took your vote. I can understand the anger. I can understand the frustration. I still, this, I, if you're a Trump supporter and you were part of storming the castle, so to speak, what the fuck is wrong with you? Exactly. How does this help? How does this help at all? You know, and I could understand a little bit of the sentiment of, well, they're going to, they're calling us villains, crooks, and terrorists anyway. We might as well, you know, deserve it when they take us off to the you know, re-education camps. Because there were people who were re-elected to Congress, to the House of Representatives, that were literally saying, talking about how we need to keep track of who the Trump supporters are and make them pay for what they did to us. These were actual tweets by people like Andrea Ocasio-Cortez, Ilhan Omar. These people were actually saying this stuff on Twitter. So, you know, I can understand them feeling like, well, oh, this is it. It's all over. I really can. 
But is this the way you want to go? This is, is this the th- route you want to take. This is this is not a good look. This no, it isn't. this this does not help your movement. And when I say your movement, whether it's Antifa or Black Lives Matter or any of these other groups who storm a Capitol building, whether it's the United States Capitol in Washington, D.C., or your state Capitol or the mayor's office in your city. Once you resort to that kind of violence and you break into the Capitol building and start vandalizing it and do the things that the protesters did yesterday, you've lost and you've lost right. the sympathy of the support for people who would otherwise be on your side. Right. And, and like us, for example. I mean, exactly. Listen, I don't like Joe Biden. I didn't vote for Joe Biden and I would never vote for Joe Biden. I don't like Kamala Harris either. Everybody knows what team I was playing for during this election. Right. I was I, I, I was one of the people who was it was posting hashtag never Biden, never Trump. I dis right. I dislike both of these people. I yeah. dislike both of these men. I would never leave Biden or Trump alone with my wife or my daughter if I had one in a room alone for three minutes. I think both of these men are scumbags. I think Donald oh, Trump. Yeah. I think that I there there are aspects to Donald Trump that's scummy. There are aspects to Joe Biden that I think is scummy. Do I think that? Because I think that they're both scummy, I have the right to barge into the Capitol building and walk around like I own the place and, you know, find my senator's office and go through her desk drawers. No, (laughs) I I, that's you. You've you've lost me when you've done something like that. You've lost me when you tear down statues of people without knowing who those people are. You've lost me. When you spray paint graffiti on Nancy Pelosi's garage door over the weekend or, or during New Year's, you've, right. you've lost me. When you resort to that kind of violence, I'm not on your side anymore. I can understand the frustration that would make you want to do that. And I understand that there are people who have done everything that they could to make a change. Nothing's happened. And they snap and in, in, in a moment of passion. Or they've planned this, and I'm going to get to this aspect in, in a little bit. Yeah. When you resort to this kind of violence, I don't care what team you're playing for, you've lost my support. Right. And I want to distance myself and my podcast from you as fast as I can. And I was terrified and I was sickened by what I saw yesterday. Yeah. Um. And, and we called each other, I think, a couple of times. We should have recorded it because it was such good pod. Um, <laughs> but there, Why don't we think about these things after the fact? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Because sometimes, I, I don't know. Because sometimes I think, I'm, well, I'm not near the, the, the external audio recorder. Um, right. I should have just had it plugged in, ready to go in the event. But everything that we saw, yet everything that we saw in 2020, with all the violent protesters... And um, Antifa or the um, the anarchists, whatever they want to call themselves, taking over um, uh, the capital, whether it's the state capital or a, a city hall in whatever city that they were in 
and setting up this, this quote, free zone, the Chad or the Chaz, whatever they called it. Yeah. Um, and then setting up <laughs> armed roadblocks and, 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 and setting up their um, free state, as it were. You lost my support. You lost my support. Yeah. When, when you're anti- You're making it worse. You're not yeah. helping. When you're protesting over the death of somebody like uh, like George Floyd, and then you kill other people in the in the protest because you think that they're not on your side, or you bully people into saying Black Lives Matter under the threat of violence, you've lost my support, and you've lost the support of other rational human beings. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of things that I wanted to talk about in as far as this protest is concerned and i want to be careful and make it clear i'm not not making excuses for these people and this isn't even what we were going to be talking about today because there are so many things that happened that led up to this moment and then this moment happened and everything was just sort of like pushed aside right um the frustration that i have and one of the reasons why i empathize with the protesters it's, it's going to take us down this weird rabbit hole for a minute, and I hope that our listeners have the patience to understand. One of the frustrations that I have with government is the sense that I have that the government is not serving the people. And whether it's on a local level, like, like here in the town of Ringe, whether it's the state level, where it's like the politicians, whoever is elected to governor does whatever he wants to... Um, appease or service his handlers or, or, or his donors, or whether it's on the federal level where you have people like Jean Shaheen, my senator, or my other senator. No, no, she's not my senator. She's the senator from New Hampshire. Let's get this clear. Whether it's Jean yeah. Shaheen or Maggie Hassan, senators from New Hampshire, they don't seem to be representing the people of New Hampshire, they are representing their special interest groups and their and, and their donors. And they haven't done much to dispel that for me. They haven't done anything to give me the impression that they care about the people of New Hampshire, which is why I can't call them my senators. And, and there's and there's other stuff going on in the background that also keeps me from calling Jean Shaheen my senator. Right now, one of the reasons why I am frustrated with our government, and I'm going to try and keep this as short as possible because I don't want to perseverate on this, but right. you know how I get. Oh, yeah. All right. So here at the bottom of the hill, on Middle Winston Road here in Ringe, New Hampshire, there is a plot of land that is bisected um, thanks to the town's zoning ordinances from decades ago where this poor guy has half of his his land, this big, huge plot of land. I guess maybe it's like 70 acres or so. Yeah, it's, it's sizable. It's sizable. It's, yeah. it's um, half of it is zoned um, business, commercial, light industrial. I guess light industrial is uh, maybe yeah, a, a yeah, recent, maybe, yeah. Um, and the other half is zoned residential agriculture. And for whatever reason, ages ago, um, somebody had somebody thought it would be fun, um, um, clever if um, on both sides of the road, on 202, Route 202, out 
like maybe 2,000 feet or such, just standard zone that area along the side of the highway, um, commercial, light industrial. And of course, this guy's plot of land fell on that zone just right, where it's cut in half. And the owner of this property would like to have it rezoned the entire plot of land, all 70 acres or so, to be zoned commercial slash light industrial. And a company, and we don't know who they are yet, we know the name of the developer, Traven, Traven Development, or Traven Developers, they're developing this plot of land for a corporation, and we don't know who they are. And they want to put up a factory where during every shift there will be 150, 200, 250 people every shift for three shifts. So this means that this road, that it's, it's a narrow road. It's a narrow residential road. There's going to be more traffic on this road. And we're not even talking about uh, the heavy trucks, um, whether the, the, the tractor trailers or, or, or the large shipping trucks. Right. Well, also, it's, it, it's important to point out that with those heavy trucks come more maintenance on the roads. Exactly. And you gotta, when you when you have roads that are, you know, when you see roads where 18 wheelers or big trucks are prohibited, they always just list it by weight. Right. Right. So they always say over 12 tons not permitted. Right. That's because the road will break underneath the weight. You have to make the roads differently for those weight classes. So continue. I worked a 12 hour shift, went to the town planning board meeting on Tuesday night. And I was there for about four hours while they were doing the, the business of the planning board before they got to this variance that the owner of the property and this company would like to put before the voters, which I understand that's putting it in front of the voters, I think is very democratic. Yeah. I may not like it, but if the, if the rest of the town agrees that it's okay to rezone this plot of land as, as commercial, I understand. I don't like it. I don't have to like it. But if that's what they do, that's what they're going to do. Yep. The, the part about this I don't like is by simply asking the question, what is the name of the large corporation who wants to put a factory building, light industrial manufacturing building, in my neighborhood that is somehow treated as if it's a state secret and I'm vilified for wanting to know the name of the company that wants to do business here at the bottom of my hill in this residential area. So I can look at this company and see what their track record is. Right. Who are these people and why do they want to do business here? And why this plot of land? Why this plot of land in particular? Now, we were told during this planning board meeting that there's no other plot of land within close proximity of the highways that can accommodate this building, this facility they want to build. This is, this, is, this is a facility and a company that is going to take more space than the, the factory that's already been abandoned on 202 
and this facility is going to be even bigger than the Walmart and the Walmart's parking lot next to it. This is going to be a pretty big, huge operation in the middle of a residential area. I'm also concerned about the, um, the slippery slope aspect of this. You know, like, and I had said this earlier, if you give the mouse a cookie, then what? Well, he's going to want a glass of milk. It's the slippery slope. Yeah. Because what happens, and this is what happens when large corporations expand. They're going to be looking at the surrounding area and they're going to say, we need to expand. So we want to gobble up the large parcel of land on the other side of the road or the other parcel of land next to us up the road. And what happens when they outgrow that, that facility? What happens when they outgrow that? It's going to happen eventually. Right. Or it'll, or the, the business will fail and then you'll end up with a safety hazard, another empty building in a town already increasingly filling up with them. And we have so many commercial buildings that are already abandoned here in Ringe. Right. We have, an, uh, I guess it's an office park. It's a, I'm not even sure what, what you would call it. It's sort of like, it's, it's sort of like a, um, a strip mall for office buildings, I guess you would, you would call it. And we had, we had the Dunkin' Donuts there and they, and they left and they moved to another location here in town. That's, that's more convenient for them. And right. Um, and, it, and I know that this might sound hypocritical, but sometimes when I'm running like that's where I go and I grab my sausage, egg and cheese on an everything bagel before I drive into the, the day job. But the thing is, and I asked this as politely as I could, I was a little agitated. I, I admit that. And I went and I said, all I want to know is the name of the company who is putting this building up. What's the name of the company that's going to be doing business? here in town and some and i was vilified for not taking traven development as as the answer no no they they're the people who are developing it for this large corporation what's the name of the large corporation who wants to do business here in wrench i mean that seems on the surface to be a reasonable question Everybody that I've spoken to about this has said the same thing. And, I, and when I've explained it the way I explained it, who wants to do business here in this town? I'm vilified for asking that question. I'm vilified by people who I don't even know. They don't know me. They don't, they've never met me. They don't live on the street. So I'm, so I'm angry about this because I feel as if, and this is, this is the uh, illusion, I think, or this is... I have the perception that the people that some of the people on the planning board are not looking out for the pe for the people of Ringe. The people on the planning board are looking out for the developers in the town. They don't represent no, our interests. They appear to be no. working for the interests of, of, of the, the of the developers. So now you told me a little bit about the people that are on the planning board. Can you fill in the listeners on that? Um, one of the people who were on the planning board or somebody who was on the board of selectmen, she works for a real estate agency. And, right. and two or three people on the planning board work for the um, construction development companies. And then- right. So they couldn't possibly have any- They couldn't, they couldn't possibly- Unstated reasons 
as to why they want that development to go in there. And then, and then the other people on the planning board, they have day jobs like the, the, like the rest of us, or I think maybe one of them is retired. See, this is where people start getting really aggravated and pissed off. Cause if you feel like you have no voice, like say, for example, you ask a reasonable question and people get angry at you for asking a reasonable question. And then you find out that the people who are getting angry at you for asking your very reasonable question have skin in the game that is counter to the skin in the game that you have. I can understand the level of frustration. I can understand there being even perhaps a bit of outrage in regards to this. And let's also state that everybody else who was at the meeting, who lives on this road, feels the same way. They feel underrepresented and they feel like they were being mocked by the people on the planning board who are supposed to be looking out for the people of wrench and said instead there is the the optics that they are looking out for the interests of the developers and the and the corporation who won't even tell us who they are in the proposal right because i mean because what if it's a company that has a really bad history of say violating local ordinances for noise sure for example on your nice quiet rural residential road that you live on right what if the they- other thing i'd like to point out as well because it needs to be said because it is a valid concern is how many of the people on this planning board are people that have recently moved to ringe and have lamented that it's not like the big city they moved away from because they hated it I'm pretty sure that everybody on the planning board has lived here for more than 10, 20 years. Okay. Okay. Well, that's better than what I thought it was going right. to be. I, I strongly believe that most of the people, if not all the people on the planning board are lifers. Let okay. me just put that out here. And, and, and to be fair to them, they're frustrated with me because I'm, I'm pissed and I'm making the accusation that they're not um looking out for the interests of the town people and this is this is a voluntary position they they're yeah. they're volunteering to be on the planning board and it's a lot of work somebody had complained that it's a second full-time job for them that they don't get paid and i understand that right and i understand that they have to deal with people like me who are frustrated with them and i have zero patience for them they i have zero patience for their bullshit and they have Zero patience for my bullshit. I I totally understand that. Right. And that's par for the course with human interactions. All right. So. Now, it's most likely that the other people here in Ringe are probably going to vote this down. My concern is that this is never going to go away. This is going to keep coming up until this corporation gets what it wants. Because that's the nature of corporations. When they, when they get their hooks in something, they stick with it until it's no longer profitable to them. Right. Because there is history of corporations doing what they want because they have unlimited resources. Or effectively unlimited anyway. Right. Because... Com- compared to my resources. Exactly. I have a couple of extra dollars that I can throw at a podcast. That's basically the limit of my resources. Right. 
everybody that I spoke to who also lives on this road, who have the same concerns that I have, they also do not feel represented. They do not feel as if we have a voice. We can go to these planning board meetings and we can state our concerns. We can say, this is, this is what bothers us about this, this project. But it seems like they're going to go through with this no matter what we say or no matter our concerns, and no matter how legitimate. That's the right. perception that we have. Yeah. Now, well, again, your voice isn't being heard. Now, let's take this on a national level and look at what's happened during the past couple of years. Corporations seem to do whatever it is that they want. They have lobbyists who can go to the Capitol and they can wine and dine our representatives, whether they're congressmen or women or senators. And as sooner or later, these large corporations are going to get the contracts they want or they're going to get the bills that they want passed. They're going to get the grants that they're asked for. Yep. And on top of everything else, to add to the frustration, some of us have actually looked at the stimulus bill that's supposed to give us $2,000 for every household. Is it for every household or, or is it every adult? I'm trying. I'm not it's sure. It's every adult taxpayer. So, like for example, my son has been looking for a job and hasn't been successful thus far in his efforts. So he will not be getting a stimulus check. I would think that the people who need it the most should get the stimulus check. But that's an argument for another podcast. Exactly. But allegedly, a part of this bill, or the, or in the bill that Mitch McConnell torpedoed. Several millions of dollars was going to go towards gender studies in the Middle East. Is that is that correct? My understanding, from my understanding, yes, that is a correct statement. Because, you know, that's important. Right. That we fund gender studies in another country. So we have the perception that the government is more concerned about gender studies in Pakistan, I guess, than they are about the people who have been quarantined at home for months, almost, it's coming up to almost a year. People are facing evictions. They're not able to pay their bills. They are in desperate need of a help, whether it's through financial help through the government, because they're forced to quarantine at home because of the coronavirus. And the government is once again exploding the deficit. And the people who really need the money are only getting like $2,000 while all of these other big pork programs are getting millions. No wonder people are frustrated. No wonder people are angry. Right. Whether, that's, yes, whether, whether it's the Black Lives Matter movement who are protesting and turning violent in different parts of the country because they feel as if they're not being heard and they're being uh, ignored and they're being mocked and, and ridiculed by the police state of, of this country, whereas people of color are being killed by just being at the wrong place in the wrong time and taking the wrong attitude with the wrong officer. That is an injustice. That's injustice right there. And you have people who, on the other end of the spectrum, show up to a protest in Washington, D.C., 
And some of these people get riled up because they are told that their voices are being taken away by the president. And some of these people thought that it would be a fun idea to break into the Capitol. And I just have this news item that just came across my desk and I want to talk, I want, I want to talk about further. Okay. This is a powder keg that is set to go off if it's not going off already. Right. I, I, sense, waiting to happen. I sense, Jay, mm-hmm. that on so many different levels, people feel disenfranchised. They feel as if the government, they feel or they know, I should say, I should add, that they're not being represented by their government either on, on a, uh, a, lo- a towns or city, state or federal level. They feel unrepresented. Not only do they feel unrepresented, they feel like they're being mocked and ridiculed by the very people that are supposed to represent their interests on both extremes whether it's the black lives movement or antifa or whomever so people resorting to violence is often the last option for a frustrated public right and for those people here in 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 ringe new hampshire who are listening to this no i am not saying that we should we should knock over town hall that's no that's the last thing that we ought to do I want to make it, I'm not advocating for violence at all, period. I understand why people get angry. And I understand why people get frustrated. And I understand when people are whipped up into a frenzy, they resort to this kind of violence. Um, I also think that social media plays a huge part into this, where they're whipping some people into a frenzy while censoring other people and not allowing people to have their voice because certain people are allowed to um, incite violence while other people are not. Right. I, see, I, I seem to think that uh, Twitter and Facebook and the other social media platforms have done everything that they can to uplift one side of the political divide and try and stifle the other, which is why you or have... At the these, very least, downplay them. Or downplay them. Um. So we have and this, that to, that yeah. to me is is important because where do we go if we feel like we're unrepresented and we don't have a voice in our government where do we go and the normally you'd go to the press but now the press has taken sides and the majority of the press is not on this on one particular is on one particular side not the other to the point where they won't even report on certain things or their reporting in other cases is out filled with outright lies and misinformation, right? So they get frustrated. And this is where human nature and human history gets cyclical, right? Because if people feel the election is stolen, they don't feel they have a say in their government and they're being taxed to hell. One way of phrasing that is they feel they have taxation without representation, right? Yes. That'd be one way of phrasing it, to coin a phrase. And where have we heard that before? And what was the end result? You know, you know the answer to that. The listeners know this. Oh, yeah. But it, it's worth saying. It's worth pointing out. This is how the country started, with this level of frustration. We have a tendency to think it's never been this bad in history. Right. 
This is the worst period in history. Government's never been more divided. How many times have you heard people say that? This election means more than any previous election. How many times did we hear that? Well, I feel I have taxation without representation. Let's see how that worked throughout history. You know, and it's it's a good reminder of why our nation even exists right now. Because this level of frustration is not new to the human condition. Yeah, and I just sent you a link that proves it. That little ding that you heard in the background, folks, is the link to an article <laughs> that I wanted to talk to Jay about. And like a naughty little boy, I sprung this on Jay. And and this is the the diesel punk jazz era aspect of this conversation. Okay. An article from Politico. And we can thank Scotty Roberts for posting this as well. Bonus Army expelled July 28th, 1932 by Andrew Glass. And this was written on July 28th, 2015. On this day in 1932, William Mitchell, the U.S. Attorney General, ordered tens of thousands of World War veterans and their families removed from the government property. In the midst of the Great Depression, the veterans, known as, quote, Bonus Army, unquote, had come to Washington to lobby Congress to accelerate the year when they would be eligible for their cash bonuses. After Mitchell issued his order, the veterans resisted the D.C. police at their encampment on the banks of the Anacosta River. Shots were fired. Two veterans were wounded in the melee and later died. When told of the violence, President Hubert Hoover ordered the army to clear the veterans' campsites. Under the command of General Douglas MacArthur, the Army Chief of Staff, infantry and cavalry regiments, including six battle tanks, formed on the Pennsylvania Avenue. The veterans who fought the troops were marching to honor them, cheered until Major George Patton ordered the cavalry to charge them with fixed bayonets and tear gas. Some civil servants who had left work to watch cried, shame, shame. As the veterans fled across the Anacosta to their campsites, Hoover ordered troops to, to stop the assault. But MacArthur ignored the president's instructions and ordered a flash attack. The bonus army marchers were evicted along with their wives and children. Their shelters and belongings were burned. 55 veterans were injured and 135 were arrested. This has happened before. And this will continue to happen again. And this will keep happening. This is an aspect of human nature. It's not fair and it's not right, but this is what people do when they are angry and frustrated at a government that doesn't seem to care about their needs. When the government seems to be more concerned about corporate interests and people are allowed to go hungry and be homeless and they are ignored by the people who are supposed to represent them, bad shit tends to happen. Right. Now, here, I want to finish off that article real quick. It's just two short paragraphs. At the time, Major Dwight D. Eisenhower, who would become the nation's president from 53 to 61, was an aide to MacArthur. I told that dumb son of a bitch not to go down there, Eisenhower said later. I told him there was no place for the chief of staff. MacArthur subsequently sought to justify his actions by asserting that the marchers were attempting to overthrow the government. 
Eisenhower later wrote an official incident report that endorsed MacArthur's conduct. So what was the word that was thrown on a lot yesterday? Sedition. 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 Yeah. This is how easy it is for us to get manipulated. This is why the press not declaring they have a political bias when in fact they do is a problem. It is a problem. Because if you feel you're not being represented, and for all those people out there who think that, well, of course, all the media is conservative, you must live in fucking Europe and have European sense of what left and right is. Because, no, the media in this country is solidly Democrat, the vast majority of it. The only major media outlet right now in terms of broadcast media, the only major media outlet right now that is Republican is Fox News. And you'll notice I use parties, not political leanings, not progressive and not conservative. CNN is solidly Democrat. Look through the reporters and anchors on CNN. Find out who they used to work for. The access of 90% of CNN staffers are former Democrat aides, vast, overwhelming majority. On Fox News, it's not as much a majority, but it's Republican, you know? So, yeah. This, this is the seeds of what happened yesterday have been long sown and nurtured and raised. And now the harvest is ripe for reaping. This is what we've come to with our divisiveness. We need to start agreeing and reaching across the aisle and not in the smarmy, artificial fucking, you guys lost the election, you got to deal with what we have to say. We need to get rid of the extremists on both sides of the political aisle in Washington. That means people like Andrea Ocasio-Cortez needs to have a more senior statesman tell her, you're being a bitch when you say, we need to punish the people who voted for Trump. We don't punish the other side when they lose an election in this country. But we don't have those cooler heads prevailing in Washington right now. Who are the senior senators and congresspeople on the Democrat side? Nancy Pelosi? When was the last time she co-worked or co-authored anything with a Republican? I'm sure it's been a Look while. Look at the way the people who reach across the aisle, like Mitt Romney, are treated. Sure. Right? That's what Congress should be about, is finding compromise. The truth of the matter is, is we need progressives in our society because that's how society progresses. We need conservatives in our society so that we don't get overwhelmed with the progress and move faster than society is prepared to move, right? It goes back to that old saw from, uh, from Jurassic Park. You're so excited that you could, you never stop to think if you should, right? We yeah. have made a lot of progress in this country. And to have the press telling us that America's never been more racist for them to have been hammering that down our throats for the last four years, actually four plus years because it went well into the Obama administration. These people have no idea what racism is. There's people out there that are complaining because they get followed around in a department store. Where if you talk to the older people who grew up in the 50s, they're like, hey, you were allowed in the front door. There's progress that's been made. And to denigrate all of that progress to thumb your nose at the thousands of people who went through true violence from the police. Look at what happened at Kent State. Oh, yeah. You know, that is discrimination. That is 
true violence against people who are trying to defend the injustices against people of color. And nowadays they act like, oh, but they don't know what it's like nowadays. Bullshit. You don't know what it was like then. We've made progress. So to have a bunch of people telling us that the only reason why there wasn't 100% votes for Obama because he's black is asinine. It's stupid. It denigrates the other side because it ignores the one thing that Martin Luther King himself said we should do. We should cast our votes based on the content of a person's character, not the color of their skin. If you voted for Barack Obama because you were excited to have the first black man in office, you're a racist bigot. Without I looking, voted without, against yeah. him because I disagreed with his policy. Right. What was that? I mean, it's like here the people who voted for him without looking at his policies and really looking at his record, and they were excited just because he was black, that speaks for itself. You're just going to vote for somebody just because, oh, like um, it's 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 time for a person of color or it's time for a, a, a woman or it's time for um, a purple trog from uh, Alpha Centauri, uh, whatever, without looking at the person's thoughts, words and deeds and the person's career is irresponsible at best. You're not a responsible voter if you're just voting for somebody because of some oh my God, I'm going to vote for this guy because he wears the fedora all the time, just like me. That's, that's ridiculous. Right. right. And the way that the argument is being framed, that it's like, if you don't like, if I don't like um, AOC because of something ridiculous that she said, like all of a sudden, somehow it's like, I'm, 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 a, I'm a sexist and a racist, but yet at the same time, I'm a huge supporter or I was a huge supporter of Tulsi Gabbard. That makes absolutely no sense. And the way that the the way that the media is branding people and slapping labels on people because of optics or because it fits a narrative or it's like you want to have everything all black and white is not helping anybody. Right. It's 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 not solving any problems. It's it's not doing anybody any good other than the fear mongers here in this country. Oh, those people who do that, that Fedora Chronicles radio show podcast. Oh, those, those are crazy, whacked out right wing extremists uh, they, and conspiracy theorists. Um, those people are bad people. You shouldn't listen to those people because they're on the other side, Jay. They're on right. the other side. And especially at college campuses, this is where you should be listening to as many conflicting and opposing viewpoints as you possibly can. Because that is the time when you are deciding who you are. And if all you're getting is one side of any argument, you're not educating yourself. You're being indoctrinated. Right. This is where for years, years, people like Ben Shapiro or Ann Coulter, Yiannopoulos or what was that? Ann Coulter. Ann Coulter were being shouted down when they went to college campuses protesters would go into their room where they were talking and shout so that they couldn't be heard. And it was allowed by the campus police. And in fact, the campus, the, 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 the deans and the people in charge, campus administrations, stopped allowing conservative talkers on to speakers to go to college campuses because they were afraid of the violence. 
how is why are you punishing the conservatives for something that they're not doing? It's not like there was a bunch of college Republicans out there throwing chairs through windows and stuff like we got to hear Ben Shapiro. No one was doing that. It was the people who didn't want to hear it. So that's what needed to be locked down. But no, they said it was e it was easier for them to just tell Ben Shapiro and Miley Yiannopoulos and Ann Coulter and insert semi-quasitive conservative here. You're not you're not allowed on campus now because we're afraid of the violence that might happen. Well, how about you punish the people doing the fucking violent? How about we do that? You know, the way law enforcement has worked for, oh, I don't know, thousands of years is that when people do something wrong, they get punished. If you don't punish people when they're doing the wrong thing, they're going to continue doing the wrong things. Why the hell has there been violent protests, excuse me, mostly peaceful protests in Portland causing billions and billions of dollars of damage? And only now is the mayor who just won re-election actually saying they weren't listening to my you know, my offers of conversation. Well, of course not. You never punished any of them. You did nothing but bend over backwards, lube up, and let them have at it. And now you're wondering why they don't respect you? Exactly. You know, I mean, I'm all for peaceful protests. But I'm also all for once those protests are no longer peaceful, you shut it down, you shut it down quickly. These people who stormed the Capitol, even if I agree with some of the things they've said— those are not my people. They did the wrong thing. They should be punished because they should know better. I am. I want to be more strict with the people who I agree with politically than the people with whom I disagree. Oh, absolutely. Because these people who are supposedly nominally on, quote unquote, my side, even though I'm not a Trump supporter or never have been, these people are doing the wrong thing and they should fucking know better. Yes, and also the alleged bad actors, the um, it's being reported that there were Antifa members in that crowd who were the violent perpetrators, and that ought to be investigated as well. The thing that really sort of frustrates me is there's evidence being reported, or there's there's evidence being presented that said that that is pointing to the fact that many of these people who committed these crimes are on the other side. Um, yeah. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm convoluting this a little. Maybe, well, I don't know. See, now, like, all right, so here's from the article from the Washington Times. Facial recognition firm complains Antifa infiltrated Trump protesters who stormed Capitol. Trump supporters say Antifa members disguised as one of them infiltrated protesters who stormed the Capitol on Wednesday. A retired military officer told the Washington Times that the firm XR Vision used its software to do facial recognition of protesters and matched two Philadelphia Antifa members to two men inside the Senate. The source provided the photo match to the Times. One has a tattoo that indicates he is a Stalinist sympathizer. Many Antifa members promote anarchy through violence and want the end of America in favor of a Stalinist state. No more USA at all is a protest chant. XR Vision has also identified another man who, while not known to have Antifa links, is someone who shows up at climate and Black Lives Matter protests in the West. So if this is true, that would explain some things that didn't make sense to me. If they're pro-Trump supporters, why were bombs found at the RNC headquarters? That makes no sense. Bombs being found at DNC headquarters would make sense. That is logical. Why would someone who is a Trump supporter 
blow up the party that Trump belongs to. And you can make a logical leap in saying, well, because a lot of the Republicans were going to certify the election. Okay, fine. You can make that argument if you want. But to be honest with you, it still falls flat on its face. You don't blow them up because you disagree with them. But then again, you wouldn't storm the Capitol building either if you made any sense. So but why would they bomb the headquarters of the RNC? Why would these people who most of whom were we were told they were carrying guns? I don't remember seeing any of any anyone carrying guns in the pictures, but they were armed protesters was in a lot of the headlines yesterday. They know that if they're doing something this stupid, this illegal, they're going to go to jail and they're going to lose the right to carry a gun if they get convicted. So why would you engage in this? What were their demands? Exactly. What were their demands? What what exactly was your your point? What was the right. point What's of the you, plan? What was the point of you breaking into the Capitol building? Which brings me to another article that I wanted to share with you. Okay. Oh my goodness. This is what drives me crazy about having too many tabs open. Capital <laughs> rioters planned for weeks in plain sight. The police were not ready. And this is published, oh, this morning. Um, the invasion of the U.S. Capitol on Wednesday was stoked in plain sight. For weeks, far-right far supporters of President Donald Trump rallied on social media that the election had been stolen. They openly discussed the idea of a violent protest on the day Congress met to certify the result. We came up with the idea to occupy just outside the Capitol on January 6th. Leaders of Stop the Steal Moment wrote on December 23rd. They called their Wednesday demonstration a wild protest, a name taken from a tweet by Trump that encouraged his supporters to take their grievances to the street of Washington. We uh, will be wild, the president tweeted. Ali Alexander, the founder of the movement, movement, encouraged people to bring tents and sleeping bags and avoid wearing masks for the event. If DC, escal if DC escalates, so do we, Alexander wrote on Parlay last week. One of the social media posts welcoming violence that were reviewed by ProPublica in the weeks leading up to Washington uh, Wednesday's attack on the Capitol. Thousands of people heeded the call. So anyway, just to go on with this article, as this article goes on, the U.S. Capitol Police had plenty of warning that this could happen or this would happen. And the Capitol Police were left unprepared, as it were. Well, at least that's the gist of this article from PBS Frontline in a partnership with ProPublica. Um, they knew this was going to happen. They knew this was inevitable. Th they knew that this is what the um, Stop the Steal movement was going to do. The intelligence was there that there were these far right wing extremist groups were going to do yesterday during the counting of the votes. How is it? that these people were able to just break into the Capitol building with relative ease. We've all seen the videos. Many of us were watching TV yesterday as it unfolded there. And a lot of people have also complained and have noticed that if, if this was black lives matter, these people would have been shot on the spot. If, if these people were, were, were Brown or people of color, 
they would have been shot and killed. And I retweeted a video, a, a video clip of Capitol Police officers taking selfies with some of the people who broke into the Capitol building. Why was that allowed to happen? Why, why were they allowed to be unprepared? Why were they unprepared? Yeah, I mean, we were told we were told to that they were expecting this stuff for days. If they were expecting this stuff, then whoever's in charge of the D.C. police needs to get fired. I don't understand this, Jay. I don't either. You know, I mean, and this is again, this is where conspiracy theories are born, right? Yeah, something happens that doesn't make any damn sense. So in the lack of any evidence, we have to fill in the blanks, right? So what if the D.C. police, who are run by mostly Democrats, and I am stepping down conspiracy theory lane here, I don't necessarily believe this, but what if they knew that this protest was actually going to be Antifa members and that they're going to be dressed up as Trump supporters and it would make Trump look bad? Why you would give a fuck about that in the last 14, 15 days the man's in office, I don't know. There are people... I see people on Facebook that are saying that, you know, Trump should be impeached in his last 15 days. I'm like, okay, what is the point of that? And how is that going to help us heal? Well, let's see what happens today and tomorrow and, and over the weekend, Jay, because the, the, um, last night, specifically the evening of January 6th, 2021, there were calls for Pence to trigger maybe triggers a bad word to initiate amendment 25 of the constitution where the, where the vice president and the cabinet will meet and say, Hey, is this guy fit to, to, to run office? And Pence should be allowed to be the, the, the president for two weeks before inauguration day, because Trump is out of control. Trump is but, Trump's gone crazy. But I still don't understand how that, why does that matter? Well, I don't know, Jay, if Trump decides that he's going to initiate another riot and take over the Capitol. Okay, where did Trump initiate the riot? Where did Trump say storm the Capitol and take over the Capitol building? Well, according to this article that I was just reading. Yeah, I know. That, that Trump had Trump had actually said. Uh, take to the streets. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't say take to the streets and destroy shit. He didn't say take to the streets and make those motherfuckers pay. He didn't say grab your, you know, grab your rifle, grab your gun, go out and kill a commie for Christ. He didn't say anything (laughs) that would indicate they should do this. He said take to the streets and protest. How is that any different than how is that any worse than the Democrats who were in office liking tweets from people who were posting violence in Portland or Chicago or supporting Chaz, which that was sedition as well, by the way. Funny how they don't talk about it that way. But yeah, that's what sedition looks like, actual sedition, as is what happened yesterday. You know, I'm sorry, Trump tweeting something inane and stupid should be considered another day that ends in Y and right up there as complicated as water is wet. He did nothing to incite violence, you know? Yeah. It just... This whole thing has got me so pissed off and twisted. It's it's difficult to articulate how I'm feeling appropriately because it changes with every fucking second. 
and I know we're trying to not use the abuse the explicit tag, and I think I broke the damn. Thing I think off you today, did. I but... think you broke it. <laughs> I think I. I think I, I. I think that there are people who are definitely going to get upset with us when I share this on the Town of Fringe page on Facebook. Yeah. Because we're using we're using potty language. Um, right. And one of the reasons I mean, if anything, it should be an illustration of how frustrated with it we are. This shouldn't happen ever, ever. None of the fact that it, it looks like right now there's a few actors from the other side. But even if even if it's right and two members of Antifa infiltrated it, that still doesn't justify it. If two people in that crowd said, hey, let's storm the Capitol building, everyone else should have been like, no, that's not what we're here for. That's not what we're about. You can you can go away. So even if there was just two members of Antifa there, that does not excuse the other people that went in and followed them. You know, there's a picture of some schmuck with his feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk pretending to smoke a cigar. Yeah, bro. Real cool, dick. They have done more to damage the movement that they claim to support than anyone else could have possibly ever done. This is, this was not cool, bro. This was not cool. Not even remotely, not even remotely. And I, and, and, and I hate to say this. I hate to say this because people are going to digest what's happened. And of course, everybody on both extremes are going to go to their separate corners and they're going to try to find a way to blame the other side. Right. And it's your fault. No, it's your fault. It's your fault. Nobody is going to accept their part of the blame. They're not going to accept their responsibility in all of this. Um, I think that probably what's what's going to happen as time progresses is that we may actually see more of this happening. As you see more people who are frustrated by what they see in the news and the media, people are going to be frustrated with news outlets and news organizations that uh, are going to try and blame all Trump fans for this. All Trump right. fans, all, all the people who have their Trump flags did this. All the people who ever supported Donald Trump, all the people who ever said, uh, I don't like the guy, but he did the right thing in blank. All of those people are going to be blamed. Right. And on the other extreme, uh, you're going to have people who are going to think that all BLMers and all, quote, Antifa, unquote, people are responsible for whatever violence occurs um, in in the upcoming months. And right. all of these people, all of these people are on this side. If you... It, People are already making um, these accusations. Like if you ever, yep. if you ever thought of, about voting for Donald Trump just for two minutes, somehow you're responsible for what happened in the Capitol building. Right. Like, and if I see another post from one of my friends that say, if you can't see the problem with Trump now, just go ahead and unfriend me now. I'm literally going to unfriend them at this point because they're part of the problem. And I don't need people who are part of the problem in my life. Just and the other aspect is if stroking the, the stoking the fire is the painting with a broad brush. I hate to mix metaphors or platitudes, but that's that it also is not helping. There's so many aspects of this that's frustrating and aggravating. Yeah. And I don't see the solution. 
And I don't know if it's my job as a podcaster to say this is the solution to this problem. I, I think that the only thing that I can say, and maybe this is my conclusion to this, and maybe this is how I should wrap this episode up, Jay, is to encourage people to actually listen to what the other side has to say. Stop shouting down people and deplatforming people who have a different perspective from you simply because they claim to come from the other side of the political aisle. You may have more in common with these people than you know. All of the protesters from the last 12 months have something in common. They are angry and they're frustrated and they feel as if they're not being heard and they're not being represented. They're being disenfranchised and marginalized. And they're going to become even more angry when they are lumped in with those people who did this thing. Right. And I think that the people who are in power, people who are elected or appointed or voted into certain positions, I, I hate tone policing, Jay. Yeah. I hate policing people's tones. Yeah. But the people who are in power, people who are elected to these positions, whether it's the planning board in Ringe, New Hampshire, or the president of the United States, you have to watch your tone when it comes to people who don't agree with you. Yes. Or who are frustrated and don't understand your motives. And they see something or they have the impression that you're not looking out for their interests or our interests. You're looking after the interests of your of your handlers um, or your special interests groups or your or your organizations. I don't know if that's I, there's no, I hope more people encourage our officials to do the same thing. Yeah, and I think it starts with us, though. Like you said earlier, you know, listen to what someone on the other side has to say. And here's a trick. Listen without judging first. Don't pretend to listen and wait for them to say something you can use as a gotcha. When they hit that gotcha moment, instead of saying, you just mean this, how about you say, excuse me, I just want to clarify what do you mean when you say that? Give them the rope to hang themselves. And here's a shocker. Don't wait for them to hang themselves because they may not. If you give them enough rope, they may help you tie a bridge between and to bridge the gap instead of tying a noose around their own necks. Wait and see what they do with the rope you give them. Don't assume anything about someone you disagree with because if you're not doing that, you can't be surprised that the people that get voted into office don't do that. I think that's a perfect place to leave the uh, the episode this time, Jay. I agree. I agree. It's nice when it comes to a nice buttoned-up end. Doesn't it, though? <laughs> it's it's almost as if we planned it that way. Yeah, people have been listening to us long enough to know we haven't planned shit. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations on surviving another episode of the Fedora Chronicles radio show. Find out more about the Fedora Chronicles by visiting our website, thefedorachronicles.com. That's where you can find our show notes, past episodes, and articles. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram by simply searching for us on those platforms. Don't forget to join our group on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so that you can keep up with what we will be talking about in the next episode. Facebook, Twitter, and our email address, Fedora Chronicle at 
google.com are great ways to drop us a line with your comments and show topic suggestions. And if it's any good, we promise we will read your comment on the air. Support the show by contributing to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Fedora Chronicles. For a mere dollar a month, you get early access to the podcast, updates on what we're doing, and for $5 a month, you get all that and a t-shirt and coffee mug of your choice. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you to all of our listeners who are already contributing. You can also support the show and show off your incredible, impeccable taste by buying our merch at zazzle.com slash store slash Fedora Chronicles. The theme songs for the show are Royal Flush and Black Cabaret by Olive Music. All other music on the show is listed on the show page and has been provided to us by Premium Beats from Shutterstock. Copyright The Fedora Chronicles 2020, all rights reserved. On behalf of my co-host Jason and I, this is Eric Renner King Fisk signing off and reminding you to keep your chins up and your fedoras on.